pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen.
Wonderful being in the house, God, tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated if you'd like. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll start off tonight with just a little bit of trivia. center chapter in the Bible. Anybody know? Psalms 118. Anybody know what the shortest chapter in the Bible is? Four chapters coming up to Psalms 118, 594 after Psalms 118 gives you a total of 1,188 chapters. The middle verse in the Bible is Psalms 118, verse 8. But what a little bit of trivia, but what isn't trivial is the meaning of the message of Psalms 118. And uh, I'm ringing a little, ringing a whole lot. 
You know, every Easter we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, he was crucified and died on a Friday and was buried in a borrowed tomb. Then on the third day, God poured life back into that lifeless body. And, and Jesus rose from the grave victorious over death. <clears throat> During those three days, Friday to Sunday, the world was being changed spiritually. The death of Christ paid the debt for our sins. All the wrong things that you've ever done, all the wrong things that you will someday do, things that you deserve punishment and retribution for, all those things were paid by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus bought your salvation. He bought your freedom. And then on the morning of the resurrection, when God raised Jesus to life, he proved that there is nothing in this world that the power of God's love can't overcome. <clears throat> I want to share some verses to encourage you tonight. Romans chapter 8 and verses 31 through 35 and verses 37 through 39. It says, what shall we say what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is, con who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? You know, that's great news because that's what we need. None of us have an easy life. Uh, none of us can live in victory without God's help. You know, we all struggle with different situations in our, in, in our life. None of us have life lived. On occasion, we might think we do, but we don't. Bills are piling up. The doctor gives you a bad diagnosis. Uh, your spouse isn't happy. Your kids are struggling. Whatever it is, most people in the world are living in some kind of a mess. And when we feel like our lives are a mess, we, we, we sense fear, we, we panic, we get angry, we get hurt. But also know this, that in the middle of the mess, we can expect, we can experience God's presence and God's peace. You know, you've heard the phrase getting centered. You know, it's typically a, a new age phrase, you know, an Oprah thing, you know. 
finding your center. I went to the neurologist I went to. Went to the neurologist because if you've ever noticed my hand checks. So I went to the neurologist to see about it and he's like, well, it's just a familiar tremor. You don't have anything wrong with you. It's just one of those things. Did you ever have anybody in your family that shakes like that? Yep. That's all it is. It's just hereditary. He said, the only thing I, I can tell you is try and find a peaceful place. Try and find your center. In other words, he was trying to tell me to do yoga. That ain't happening. <laughs> but then he said, let me ask you this then. Do you drink wine? Nope. So you might want to start. So that'll help calm it down too. Well, I guess my hand will just shake until I calm down. <laughs> because the only thing that I'm interested in getting centered on is getting centered in God's presence every day. Getting in the center of God's will in my life. Yeah. And finding the place that God wants me to be. I want to be in the center of his hand of protection. Yes. So it only makes sense that the center chapter of the Bible is where we're going to lie. <clears throat> But what I want you to know and I want, what I want you to believe and to trust tonight first is God is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. And it's a simple, and a, but it's a profound truth that has the potential to change everything in your life. Too often people think that God is anything but for them. People think that God's mad, that he's annoyed, that he's disappointed, that he's put out, that he's out to get you. A lot of people think God just sitting on his throne waiting for you to mess up so he can zap you with a lightning bolt. No, he's not. Sometimes we think God's just oblivious to what's going on in our life. But that's not the message in the Word of God. I want you to know that God is for you tonight. He might not be for all of your ideas. He might not be for everything that you're doing. But He's for you. Yes. He loves you and He wants what is best for you. Yes. <clears throat> There's a Brazilian worship song that has these words in it. Deus gosta de me. I may not be pronouncing it right because but what it translates to in English is God likes me. That's an interesting phrase. We don't ever think of it. Think in those kind of terms. We think oh God, God's love and God loves us. But you know that God likes you. 
because I know a whole lot of people that love everybody because God tells them to love everybody, but they don't like everybody. But God likes you. He really likes you. And so I just want to spend just a few minutes here Consider what it means that God is for you. It means you can count on God in three areas of your life. And hopefully I'll remember to tell you when I'm getting to it. Because my wife informed me the other day when I got home. said, you gave us the first point, but you never gave us the rest of them. I said, I just didn't give you the numbers. I gave you all the points. <laughs> <clears throat> But the first thing, first and foremost, you can count on God in times of trouble. You know, we see that all through the Psalms. In Psalms 18, Psalms 118, verse 5, starts off like this. I called on the Lord in my distress. But here's the thing. On one hand, we should always be calling on the Lord. But a lot of times we forget that. When things are going good, we've been good. We don't call on the Lord like we really ought to. We don't talk to him like we ought to. We don't fellowship with God like we ought to. When things are going well, but when we get in distress. Oh, God, you've got to help me. Suddenly we get a prayer life. Suddenly we start studying our word because we're looking for a scripture to stand on. But we should always be calling on the Lord, but especially when we're, we're in distress, when we feel like life is closing in on us. You know, uh, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to bother God with, with my little bitty problems. And if, if you've ever felt that way, you're underestimating the power of God's love. Trust me, God can handle your problems. You won't be inconveniencing him. Uh, it's not too much for God to take. Call on the Lord. You know, he's wanting and he's waiting to hear from you. Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God wants to hear from you. God wants to know what your request is. God wants to know what your need is. He already knows what it is. He just wants you to ask him. He just wants you to talk to him. He just wants you to fellowship with him just a little bit. It's a great reminder. God wants us to make our request known to him. Oh, this is what I would really like to have. Father's Day coming up. My wife's been asking me for three months, what do you want for Father's Day? Finally, she told me yesterday, I'm just ordering you something. But you haven't told me anything. Sounds simple. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. God wants us to talk to him. He wants us to make our requests known to him. He wants us to let him know what our needs are. Second half of verse 5. 
the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. I like that phrase, a large place. What does it mean? He, he, God heard him and he set him in a place of abundance, a place of prosperity, a place of opportunity. When you're in the middle of, the, uh, of a mess and your world seems very small, it seems like it's just closing in on you, and you call out to the Lord in your distress, the Lord hears you and he answers you and he'll set you in a place of prosperity. place of possibility. You're in the middle of the mess. Call on him. Ask him for help. Trust and believe that help is on the way. He'll set you in that place of abundance, that place of prosperity, that, that place of opportunity. When life turns on you, the natural reaction is fear. We get afraid. Fear of how we'll survive, fear of, of what other people will think, fear of how our enemies will laugh at us, fear of what's next. You know, it's only natural for us to want to respond that way, but when we have confidence in God's goodness, we don't have to be afraid. Verse 6 of Psalms 118 says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. What can man do to you? What's the worst that can happen? You'd be criticized, you'd be laughed at, you'd be ridiculed, you'd be without a job, you'd be broke. The truth is, if the worst thing that could happen possibly does happen, it's still not enough to separate you from God. God is still right there. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what kind of mess we find ourselves in, nothing can change the fact that God loves you he likes you, he's for you, and he wants to help you. Everybody goes through messes. Everybody has problems. Everybody deals with heartbreak. Some of the messes that we bring into our life are the result of bad choices. Some of the messes are caused by other people. Some of the, the messes are just a result of living life. Life can get messy, but everyone goes through it. None of us are exempt, but know this one thing. God's here right now. He's with you. He likes you. And he's going to help you. To take this a little bit further, here's the second thing I want you to notice. You can count on God when you can't count on anybody else. Psalms 118 and 7, the Lord is for me among those who help me. So sometimes we're, when we're in a mess, we're tempted to say, God isn't for me. God, you know, God, why are you allowing this stuff to happen to me? You know, God, why aren't you helping me? You know, God's not helping me here. And then along with that, we think that 
I don't have anybody that's on my side. And both of those statements are wrong. Because this verse says that God is for you and there are people who are for you also. You're not as alone as you might sometimes think you are. You may not have the support of everyone or you might find that some people disagree with you but you do have people in your life that are on your side. You do have people who care about you and that want to be there for you. God's working with them and through Jesus to give you strength that you need to get through any of the mess that you might be facing. But I want you to remember this. People in your life are just people. They're fallible just like you are. They make mistakes just like you make. They have as many problems as you have. And sometimes some of them will fail to be there when you think they ought to be. There's going to be times when people will let you down. There's going to be times when you call on friends and they don't come through for you. There's going to be times when you ask for help and they just don't give it. There's going to be times when they don't answer your call, they ignore your emails, they ignore your texts. It's a fact of life. But God won't let you down. Psalms 118 and 8 says, It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I want you to understand tonight that just because people leave your hand doesn't mean that God will. God's going to be there, there for you, and you can count on him when you can't count on anybody else. We tend to look at those people that are around us as our sources. Well, my boss is my source of money. My spouse is my source for happiness and for security. My friends are my source for entertainment. My church is my source for my spiritual needs, and on and on. But none of that's true. There's going to be times when each one of those things fail to meet up to what you need. But they're not your source, God is. God is your source. It's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. Then the next verse says this, verse 9. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. It's good for us to remember, especially in election years, we can't put our hope in a prince or a princess, whatever the, the case might be. Yeah, we gotta vote for the best candidate and then pray. Pray hard. But our hope isn't in our government. Our hope is in God. David reminds us in Psalm 20 and verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You can count on God when you can't count on anybody else. That includes Uncle Sam. Amen. Our trust has to be in the Lord. If you want to get centered in God during the middle of 
a mess in your life, you need to call on the Lord in your distress, put your trust in him, quit looking to others to meet your needs and solve your problems and put your faith in Jesus alone. You know what happened? You can count on God because God is for you. He loves you. He likes you. He knows what's best for you. That's why you can call on him in times of trouble. Uh, no matter what kind of mess you're in, no matter what the situation that you're going through, he's ready to move you to a large place. He's ready to move you to a place of abundance and prosperity. You can count on God even when you can't count on anybody else. Why? In the book of Psalms, it says so many times, all the way through, his love endures forever. You're his beloved child. He will protect you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. If you're in the middle of a mess right now, God will help you get out of it. But first, we have to get centered in him. We have to get focused in him. Then believe and accept that God is for us. He loves us. He likes us. Life isn't easy. I don't think I'll have too many people that disagree with me on that. Life isn't easy, but life is good. It's possible to still greet each day with a smile. To be excited about the possibilities, excited about life, excited about what God is doing. Even when they're in the middle of mess. What do I mean by mess? It's those unwelcome and sometimes unexpected complications that have a way of coming our way. Like I said earlier, maybe it was caused by our own mistakes, by our own poor decisions. Maybe it was caused by someone else. Maybe it's a result of circumstances beyond our control. Come in all shapes and sizes. They can be financial problems. They can be work or school problems, health problems, relationship problems. Sometimes it seems just everything at once. But we can trust on God's presence even when we're going through those difficult times. You know, if you believe that God is for you, you can endure anything. You can face prison, persecution, poverty, sickness, loneliness, failure, if you believe that God is for you. You'll have the strength that you need to persevere and get through anything that life throws at you. On the other hand, if you don't believe God's for you, if instead you believe God is out to get you, every problem becomes monumental. Every obstacle goal becomes insurmountable. Something as simple as forgetting something can make you doubt the value of your existence. It's a crucial first step toward getting centered, and that's we need to believe that God is for us. God is for you. It's trusting and believing that God is in control. 
all of us will agree, sometimes we feel like the world is out of control. Doesn't feel like the good guys are winning. Uh, reports of crime and war and unrest all over the world. The declining influence of the church in today's society. Makes you start to wonder, maybe. But I want you to know, despite how things appear, God's in control. If you allow him to be in control. No situation is beyond his grasp. No situation is beyond his power to save. You know, you see examples of it throughout the Bible. When the people of Israel stood on the banks of the Red Sea with all that water raging in front of them and Pharaoh's army closing in behind them, the situation looked like it was out of control. But with God, things aren't always what they appear to be. He made a way for the people of Israel to pass through the Red Sea on dry ground and stopped Pharaoh's army. In the same way, when Jesus was arrested on that Friday, when his disciples scattered and he was crucified, then his lifeless body was put in the tomb, the world appeared to be out of control. There was chaos. Everything that Jesus had worked for, all that he had spoke about seemed to be lost. But with God, everything is not what it seems to appear. The death of Jesus on the cross wasn't a victory for Satan, it was a crushing defeat. God was in control. You know, some folks are facing out-of-control situations right now. And life seems to be tossing you from one catastrophe to another. And maybe you don't know how to respond. Maybe you think that's a situation that nobody can fix. Not even an all-powerful, all-knowing God. Despite how things appear. I want you to know that God is in control. Whatever's going on in your life, God knows about it. Your situation did not catch God off guard. It might have caught you off guard. It didn't catch God off guard. He's not surprised by your mess. He knows all about it. If you want to find a place of peace during the storm, if you want to get centered in the middle of the mess, then you need to nail down this thing for certain once and for all. I want you to know that if you're in a mess right now and you feel like life is against you, you're not alone. Listen to what David said in Psalms. Psalms chapter 10, verse 1. Why, O Lord, did you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Psalms 35 and 23. Awake and rouse yourself for my vindication, for my cause, my God, my Lord. Psalms 38, 2. For your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has come down on me. Psalms 44, 10 through 12. You have made us turn back from the foe and let those who hate us. And those who hate us have gotten spoiled. You have made us like sheep for slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. All that's in the Word. Can you believe how honest David was talking to God about his feelings? And that's sometimes how we feel. And we need to tell God. 
it's okay to be absolutely honest with God. You can tell God what you feel and what you think and what you believe, what you doubt, what you want, what you don't want. You can tell God exactly what's on your heart because he knows it's there anyway. He already knows when you talk to God, you're not supplying him with new information. You're not bringing him up to date on your situation. He already knows. When you pour out your heart to God, he's not shocked. He already knows what's in your heart. C.S. Lewis said this, we should bring to God what's in our hearts, not what we think should be in our hearts. So when you're in a mess, you can be honest with God, and then you can take that honesty one step further. It, it's, not, it's not enough just to complain about the details of your situation. We need to learn to say, God, despite what's going on, I'm going to trust you. God, I don't understand this. I don't understand. I don't see where this is going. I don't see why this is happening. But God, I'm going to trust you. Because I choose to believe that you're in control of my life when I give you control of my life. I don't like this situation. You know I don't like this situation. The situation is bigger than I am, but it's not bigger than you. I believe that you're in control. So what do you need to do? The first thing that you need to do is celebrate each day as God's gift. Psalms 118, 24 says, This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There might be times when that's difficult to say. There might be times when, when it's hard to start your day off with that. Today is God's day. He created it, he's in control of it, I'm going to rejoice in it. Today's not an accident. God made this day in your life. This is the day the Lord's made. He intends to accomplish one of two things in the next 24 hours. He's going to carry you through whatever situation you're facing. He's going to deliver you from it. One of those two things is going to happen. He made this day to strengthen you. He made this day to empower you. He made this day to change you. He made this day to move you one step closer to the person that you, that he has designed you to be and he wants you to be. You can celebrate today and you can celebrate every day to come. No matter what troubles might be around the corner, you can make a choice to celebrate this day in anticipation of what God is going to do. The psalmist said, let's rejoice and be glad. That's important. To rejoice requires choice. You have to choose to rejoice. It's something you decide to do from the time you open your eyes in the morning, you're making choices. Too often, whenever we start our day off, when we're going through hard times, we start the day off thinking, what is the next bad thing that I'm going to have to face today? 
start thinking to ourselves, this is the day my problems are made. I will complain and grumble and everything. That's the way a lot of us do. Before we know it, we're completely focused on the power of our problems and what's going on, the power of our mistakes, the power of our sinfulness, the power of our enemies, and we're not thinking about the power of God. We're not thinking about how he's created this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I might not be having everything that I want done the way that I want it, but praise God, I got up, I'm able to open my eyes, I'm able to see, I'm able to speak, I'm able to raise my hands, I'm able to walk. Things could be a whole lot worse. The best way to celebrate each day is to make it a part of your daily routine. When you first get up in the morning, spend some time with God. Get up. Good morning, Lord, instead of good morning, it's morning. You know, that's what Jesus did. And Mark 135 says, early... And in the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and he went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. Try to get in the practice of talking to God before you talk to anybody else. Even if it is just to say that, good morning, Lord, this is the day that you have made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And be sure to remember that throughout the day, whenever trying situations come your way, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. Look for signs of his presence during your day. Look for opportunities to grow. Look for uh, solutions. Look for possibilities. It's God's day. It's God's day and he made it for you to experience him. Another way to develop a God is in control mindset. Ask for more. Psalms 118, verse 25. It says, save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. And, and the psalmist here wasn't praying in a poverty mindset. He's not saying, Lord, just help us squeak by. Help us to get through somehow. He said, Lord, give us success. Make us profitable. Make us prosperous. Send abundance, Lord. Send plenty my way. Think about what prosperity means in the context of your problems right now. What kind of an abundance do you need? Is it an abundance of money? Is it an abundance of cooperation? Is it an abundance of ideas? Is it an abundance of health? An abundance of love? An abundance of contentment? When we really believe that God's in control of the situation, we don't have to ask for barely enough. Ask for it all. God's in control. Okay, God, give it to me. We ask for just enough to get by. We're not really asking for anything. We're just hoping that circumstances will get a little bit better. That's not faith that's given into you circumstances. 
passive acceptance. It's not in God's plan for his people to just merely survive. He wants you to thrive. thrive. Jesus said that he came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. Too often we settle for leftovers. We don't strive to thrive. We accept the whole hum no matter what our life looks like today. Know this. God is in control. You mean you can ask for more than enough? And Paul reminds us that we should ask for more than we can even imagine. Ask for blessings and abundance and prosperity. No matter how far away they seem, we can ask for it all. Psalms 118, verse 27, The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Light is a great, it's a powerful word. And, and biblically, it, it can have different meanings. The word light can refer to God's word, as we see in Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you're in the middle of the mess, spend some time in God's word. Read the Psalms, read the heartfelt prayers. You'll remember, you're not the first person to feel this way. You're not alone. Read through the Bible, the book of hope. God's given us his word. And if we'll read it, we'll look at it, it'll encourage us. The word light can also refer to hope. David said in Psalms 27.1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You don't have to endure day upon day of darkness. God wants to bring light into your life. He wants to give you hope. And for the moment, it might seem that there's no solution to your problems that you're facing. You might feel like your life is one big, unmanageable mess, and you don't believe your feelings. Look for the light. Your feelings will lie to you. Look for the light. Look for signs of hope. Look for the possibilities. God is not going to leave you. God is not going to forsake you. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We don't ever have to walk in darkness. We have a Savior of the world on our side. He'll, he'll strengthen us. He'll encourage us. He'll, he'll give us amazing grace and amazing power. we got to believe and we got to trust in Jesus. we got to trust that God's in control even in the middle of our mess. He's centered on God. Develop a, a God's in control heart, a God's in control spirit, a God's in control mindset. And what it means is you'll see God amid your mess. Whatever it is, whatever reason you're there, God knows all about it. And he'll be there with you and for you. Always. 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 He'll be there. God says, I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the age. God is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He's going to be with us in the middle of our mess. 
trying to help us get it straightened out. Amen. I'm gonna have to stop there because I'm out of time and I got a whole bunch more notes. So to be continued. Amen. God bless y'all. We'll see you Sunday. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord. Thank you.